And I'm in the house with Cambria Haro and Natalie Bodie. And today, our guest speaker is going to be George Lynch, 1993 national champion and all-time UNC assist leader. Ladies, you guys ready? Let's do it. that track ladies what do you think about the track you like it i've actually never heard that song before. are you serious i'm not kidding it's top 10 in the country yeah, i'm not with the kids these days obviously <laughs> you know i love drake don't even ask <laughs> you love drake uh, yeah jake is one of my favorite um, you think he's gonna be at the carolina duke game there he was didn't show up to the last one i know he's supposed to go I know, I know early rumor but I'm, Drake, I'm a, if you can hear me. J. Cole, can you come? Oh, J. Cole's too. my my Either my guy. one, both? Maybe. I'd love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let, you know, let's kick the show off talking about um, the big game, the Blue Blood rivalry game at uh, Cameron Indoor. Um, Natalie, we're going to start with you. Um, give us your thoughts on the game, the Carolina game. I mean, I was sitting there watching, and it was a great game. I did not expect – I mean, no one expected Zion to go out immediately. I was a little disappointed. The victory would have been a bit sweeter had Zion been on the court for longer. I hate to, you know, hear that be chalked up as an excuse. Uh, However, it's a team effort, and we handled them. Sorry, Cambria. I mean, I can't agree more. That loss just affected Duke way too much. But I did find out that – they didn't know that he wasn't going to come back until halftime. And they wow. were already struggling, yeah. Right. So, Cambria, do you think like just not having him on the court shook the whole Duke team up? Absolutely. I mean, you have one of your best, the arguably the best player in it's the country on the floor. Too. Yeah, and when you lose someone like Zion, an impact player who doesn't just impact the offense but also impacts your defense, which was definitely lacking a bit, um, it, it, it makes all the difference. So, yeah, it, when you lose a player that early in the game and you have this mentality, you have this preparation going into the game of what you're going to do to tackle on UNC and what they can do, and they know this is going to be a difficult game, when you lose your best player on the floor – I mean, how does that not affect your mentality? Okay, so um, let me ask you a question. I mean, Carolina's lost some players. They've lost players in and out, ankle injuries, twisted ankles, all kinds of things. Why have they been pretty steady? Like, what's what's the difference? You still got three top ten, five star stars on the court. Why 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 did this affect Duke so much? I mean, here's the biggest difference between the two. You got just like you said. Duke is packed with five-star players, but UNC has a deeper rotation. So even though they lost a few players, they always have someone to back them up. When it comes to Duke, when you play uh, regular regular players like R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Trey Jones, and Zion Williamson, and you don't really rotate them out that much, 
they're you, you they can't be prepared to pl- take on a team like UNC. UNC has the benefit because they have more players on their team that they can do a little bit more. So, uh, Natalie, is this an advantage for Carolina? I mean, you there's no way you could spin that to be a disadvantage. Yeah, absolutely, it's an advantage, and it was a difference in that game. And I'm hoping it's a difference on March 9th. Okay, so my guy Kobe White, I. <laughs> I I've been talking about this guy. You know, I've been I've been watching Carolina Duke ACC uh, football. I mean basketball for 25 years. Okay, and I've seen them all. Kenny Smith. I've seen Kenny Anderson. I've seen all the great point cards coming in, and this kid is special. What do you think about my thoughts now? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I agree with you. Obviously, he just came off a career-high 34-point game. I mean, talking to him after, he, I was like, you know, what's the, what's the common de- denominator in your three 30-point games? I mean, Miami, Texas, and then against uh, Syracuse. And, you know, he just said, knocking down shots early, getting my confidence up. And, and you know, Kobe's definitely hitting a stride. I think he's done something unprecedented now for a Carolina freshman um, and who knows what's next for him. I, I would love to continue to see him set records and do unprecedented things for us, and he's definitely fitting in well and, and going far above and beyond, I think, even what some people predicted he would do. So He's oh. taking over games. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's let's jump into Nasir. Um, will he play a big role in the next game? Um, Cambry, what do you think? I'm hoping he does. That's all I got to say. And especially if Zion comes back, it will be an it will be good. We talked about this, how they played over the summer in the McDonald's tournament. It'll be great to see those guys go go uh, match up against each other and see what happens there because he because Nas knows how to guard Zion. He has the experience. It will be cool to see how that plays out next week. So do you think that's why Roy has really put him in the rotation lately because he knows he needs him against Zion? I wouldn't say that that's why Roy's been putting him in. I would say that Roy's seen that he's got the spark. He's getting the confidence that he needs to play. And that's why he's been getting the most minutes. I mean, you put him on the court and he's actually doing stuff now. He's actually scoring. So, and, and he's got, and he's got such a big body and he makes such a difference on the floor now. I mean, you can't not play him now. All right, great. So Natalie, um, what do you think about Luke's May? Like, where would he play? Does he stretch the floor? Does he sit in the post? What does he do against a Duke? I mean, in terms of Luke May's performance against Duke, I think he's definitely going to step up. I mean, we'll see. You know, you had mentioned, is he going to play in the post if Zion is healthy? I would love to see an extended matchup there. Uh, we did not get that prior, but you see Luke May step up against these these in-state rivals, the NC States, the Dukes. I mean, he, what, dropped 30 against Duke last time? I'm not necessarily sure uh, if Zion's on the court if that would happen, but it, it might. It I mean, you, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Um, with Luke May, he steps up and he has these amazing games against these rivals, so I love a, you know, lights-on uh, play, you know the 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 bigger the stakes, the better the play type guy, and I think that's Luke May, and I'm just excited to see what he'll do. Okay, uh, Camry, what do you think? Uh, I would think that he would do exactly what he did in the last game. I couldn't agree more with Natalie on that. Okay, great. Before we go ahead and talk to George Lynch, let's pause for a quick commercial break. Join us on March 9th for the Blue Blood Rivalry 5K Road Race. 
The road race starts at 8.30 a.m. at Meadowmont Village. Blue Blood Rivalry 5K Road Race. You can sign up at BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. I'm going to say it again. BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. And all proceeds go to benefit the Special Olympics. Join us. The Blue Blood Rivalry 5K, March 9th, 8.30 a.m. at Meadowmont. Let's get into this next segment, and let's bring on George Lynch. George, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Okay. So, George, we wanted to talk to you about your experience being a UNC basketball player. We wanted to discuss the next game, and we wanted to talk to you about do you think Zion's going to play and how he will affect the next matchup. But I'm going to pass it over to Natalie. And Natalie, you got any questions for George? Absolutely, George. Thank you so much for coming on. And and just to kickstart this off, George, you are a 1993 national champion. You are first-round draft pick to the L.A. Lakers. You even hold the UNC record for the most steals. What was it like to be a Carolina basketball player for Dean Smith? And talk a little bit about your time here. Uh, Being a player for Dean Smith, uh, it it started at a young age. Uh, I used to watch Carolina play with my stepfather uh, probably around the age of eight, nine, uh, not knowing, you know, what the future held. But um, just getting the affinity for, for Carolina basketball and the style, you know, I heard it every day uh, by my stepfather talking about how great Coach Smith was as a coach. I think he liked him as a person. Uh, my, my father grew up back in the days with Charlie Scott. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so he he admired the uh, the what Coach Smith meant to African-Americans back in the day. So did he make it a pretty easy decision for you, or was there ever a, cha- a time where you were kind of caught between a few schools or you knew from the start it was Carolina? No, it was, it was, it was too early to decide. I was, I was actually a Lynn Bias fan and wanted to go to Maryland. Uh, but the, he had his tragedy uh, when I was a ninth grader, a freshman in, in high school. And, uh, you know, unfortunately those, that didn't work out, but, you know, it, it ended well for me. I made the right decision. I'm happy with it. Absolutely. So in the movie Duke Carolina, the Blue Blood Rivalry, you talked about being a Carolina player after a win at Duke. You said, I think the quote exactly was, the sun shines a little brighter, the women look even better. Can you tell us what exactly it was like to be a player on campus after beating Duke? Um. It, you know, it was that time of the year. Spring was about to break. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so the weather was always nice. Uh, I guess any time you lose to Duke, you walk around on campus with your head down, so you can't really tell what the weather is like. But uh, when you win, you know, everybody is, is happy. Everybody's, you know, head is up, so you can see the blue skies. Uh, it, it's just a great time Anytime you can – Go, go into Cameron and get a win or, or beat them in Chapel Hill. Absolutely. Well, George, Cambria here. Rumor has it that in the 1990s, all the Duke and Carolina players hung out in an infamous nightclub called Players. I mean, what was it like to consistently have to be around Duke players and be in the same social environment? Well, they, you know, they didn't they didn't have a downtown or a good club atmosphere in, uh, in Durham at that time. 
and um, we weren't really hanging out. You know, I think they might have came up to see some of the ch- girls in Chapel Hill. Um, <laughs> and, um, but, um, you know, you, you were running to a few of them. At early 90s, when I first got to campus, uh, you know, the, the senior captains, Kevin Madden, Scott Williams, you know, Rick Fox, King Rice, uh, you know, they had a hatred uh, for the Duke players coming on our campus. So, you know, as a freshman, you kind of followed that lead. But, you know, later on in life, um, you know, I got to know those guys off the court, um, you know, but when you're competing, you know, adversaries is, is adversaries. And uh, you're trying to get that edge. And if hating someone um, for a day or two while, you know, leading up to that game, that's what you have to do. So you'd say that there wasn't there was some tension in those social environments, correct? Not it. I never came across those guys um, with with any attention, but you know, you could hear it that you know in the previous teams with uh, in the early '80s and the '90s when Duke started to be uh, you know right up there with Carolina. You know, anytime there's competition and wins and losses, and then you know. The ninety to ninety one teams, they won the national championship, so it made it even harder for for myself, at least being on campus, knowing that they they were um, previous uh, NCAA champions the last two years. Well, that's pretty cool, George. This is Haas. How are you? Um, let me ask you a question. Let's talk about ninety one, ninety two, um, ninety one. I believe you guys were in the final four. And you guys had to sit back and watch Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley, and Christian Leitner win back-to-back national championships. Um, they beat UNLV in the semifinals, then went on to beat Kansas. Um, and then after that, they beat uh, they beat the Fab Five, Michigan, Chris Weber, Juwan Howard, all those guys. How did that guys how did you guys feel hanging out in Chapel Hill and you guys were supposed to be the big boys on campus, but they're winning? What did that make you feel like? Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, the campus has been so close. We, it, there was always competition and a rivalry, um, as we, as we know, um, I was just fortunate enough to be a part of it. Um, in 91, when, um, when Duke beat Vegas, um, uh, we had opportunity, we beat Duke twice that year. Um, and we felt that, you know, meeting them in the championship game, we would, we would have their number again. Um. 92 when you know they had a great team and and went on to beat Michigan uh, you know it just made it tougher because you go to Carolina to win a national championship or play in final fours and to graduate and you know my first three years I got to one final four and and didn't get get back my uh, my third my junior year uh, it just gave me motivation in the offseason to prepare and and be a better leader uh, making sure that, that our team was uh, working hard every day to, to get back to a Final Four. Okay, so George, let's talk about 93. Did them winning and them being, you know, becoming the darlings of the of the United States uh, basketball, did, did that propel you guys to get Duke off the front pages? Well, you, you could say that, uh, but we were, we were a veteran team. We knew that... Uh, you know, it was going to take more than just uh, a hatred of Duke. Uh, you know, we had to stay healthy. Uh, we had to peak at the right time. 
Uh, we felt that we were just as good as, you know, any other team, Kansas, Kentucky, uh, you know, and of course Duke being repeat champions. Uh, every day on campus, um, someone talked about, you know, Duke repeating. The media was talking about him. And like you said, they were on a cover of Sports Illustrated. So you couldn't get away from it. But how did it and, make you uh, feel, George? Did you like it? How did you feel? W- were you pissed off? It motivated It motivated summer workouts. Uh, but once you started playing, you know, we, we, we felt that we were, you know, one of the top teams in the country. Uh, we were, you know, number one throughout most of the year or a few times. Uh, uh, but you can't just solely focus on what happened in Durham. Uh, but it was a reminder every day with, you know, Sports Illustrated commercials running on ESPN. You couldn't get away from it. Um, so it, it gave me motivation to, you know, lift in the weight room an extra set, to, to practice a little bit harder, to stay in the gym a little bit longer. And uh, it, it, it made me a better player my senior year. So, George, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about that matchup, the Blue Blood Rivalry matchup, UNC Duke, coming up this Saturday. So, you know, let's revisit last time these teams met in February. What do you think about Nasir Little's comments about the media focus being on Zion Shue and and Zion's absence and not necessarily UNC's blowout win at at Duke? You know, um, it doesn't matter. Anytime that rivalry... you know, it doesn't matter who's ranked number one and who's in it, who's out outside of the top twenty-five looking in. You know, who's playing, who's not playing. That rivalry takes on a uh, a meaning for itself. Uh, you know, to me, I saw what I needed to see in our players. Uh, they were focused going into Cameron. Uh, they were zeroed in. Uh, whether Zion played or not, uh, you know, the media like to say that was a a, a factor, but. You know, a lot of other things play in the games. You know, who gets in foul trouble first? Uh, you know, whether our big guys can 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 notify the post players on. Uh, you know, who's shooting the ball from three well? You know, it doesn't matter. You know, they still had you know potential first round picks and on their team against you know our one potential first round pick. So it doesn't matter. So do you um, think Carolina necessarily got the credit that they deserved for winning at Duke? I mean, they had three top ten recruits on the floor. No, they, no, uh, they definitely didn't get – the media didn't handle that right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a win is a win. Um, and I'm sure none of the Duke players will, you know, ever use that as an excuse. Uh, and as Carolina players, if we don't have a player on the floor, we're not going to use that as an excuse or put an asterisk by it. A win is a win. Uh, the guys went in Cameron and got that win. Uh, Duke is definitely capable of coming back to Chapel Hill and tying the series up. Hey, it's Cambria again. So do you think the, uh, the UNC guys are furious with the coverage? Because, you know, <clears throat> Nasir said something about it if, uh, just about a week ago. Do you think that they're mad that they haven't gotten the coverage that they deserved? Well, you know, Hey, it's, it'll be great bulletin board material for Coach Williams uh, leading into that game. Uh, if it motivates us to play well and stay focused uh, next weekend, hey, I had to go off to him because I would definitely use it if I was the captain on that team 
that the media disrespected us. So let's say that Zion comes back this weekend. Do you think that UNC can still win? Of course. Uh, if Zion doesn't come back, I still believe Duke uh, can come in and win in Chapel Hill. Um, that's why it's a rivalry. You know, it's, it's one player don't determine the outcome of a game. So, George, let me ask you a question. Why is that game different? Like, what's different about that game? Can you just help color it? Tell us what what's different about that game than any other ACC matchup? Between every year in the conference, between one of those two teams, Carolina Duke, uh, they're they're one or two in the, in the conference. It's, it's very seldom that each, every year that goes by, those one of those two teams are not top of the conference. Um, I think. You know, with the history between the two schools, other than winning the championship, going to a Final Four, our seasons on both sides are measured whether uh, we win at Cameron or they win at our place from a fan perspective. Uh, and, and, and the history of the rivalry has taken on a whole new animal, a ram of what, you know, what people in Carolina – you know, believes about their school and, and what the what the people down in Durham uh, believe about their school. So, uh, and as a, as a former player, the blood, sweat, and tears is put into those rivalries and in and what's at stake uh, year after year. Uh, it means a lot to us, and uh, I know I'll be watching if I'm not sitting in the stands there, but I'll be somewhere in front of the TV. So, George, if you were guaranteed the number one NBA lottery pick like Zion is pretty much, would you come back and play or would you, you know, hang up your shoes and just just sit and watch? Me personally, I would come back and play. Uh, watching Zion, uh, how he enjoys playing with the guys that he has on his team, how he enjoys playing for uh, Coach K. Uh, and he's young. He's a kid. Um he should play. Uh, I think what happens is adults uh, get in his ear, whoever's represented them, agents, and they take away from the, the true spirit of the game of competition and make it a business. And, uh, you know, he's he's a one and done. He, he, he should enjoy his years in college. Uh, he's a great player. No injury uh, that can happen on the court can – believe take him from being the number one pick in the draft so he should play so george can you talk about you know why this is a special time for zion in terms of like you know he picked duke and why you know he should come back because this is the only time he he has this opportunity can you, can you tell us a little bit more about what you think about that um you know my experiences and not every college spirit college player have the same experience uh, my experiences at carolina were great I enjoyed playing with my teammates. I enjoyed um, going to practice with those guys. Those are the guys I chose to play with. Uh, once you become a pro, it's a business. Uh, you don't even know who your coach is going to be. GMs can change. Front office. Your teammates change every year. Uh, this will be the most uh, memorable time in Zion's uh, life. You know, when basketball stops, uh, you, you never know. He could play on five different NBA teams throughout his career. 
but he will remember the one year he played for Duke and he stepped on the floor, put that jersey on, competed. If he's healthy and he was my son, I would tell him to play. That's awesome. George, let me ask you a question. If you could lace him up right now, would you do it for Carolina? I most most certainly will. Would uh, I had an opportunity to go to the Clemson game and and Little John and uh, me and an alumni was talking uh, about uh, lacing them up and I I told them I wish I could. Uh, It brought back good memories uh, wearing the Carolina blue. So speaking of of laces, so tell us a little bit more about why do you think Zion's shoe exploded? How often, you know, did you change your shoes when you were in the league? What do you think happened there? I mean, there has to be more than just it ripped apart. What do you think, George? <laughs> Tell us, George. I, I, I think he. I think you know, with with the with the torque and 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 um, pounding that Zion is able to put on shoes, uh, he should change his shoes. He should have a pair of shoes for practice and game. He should never wear his shoes more than once. Maybe twice, um, you know. I, when I was a player, you know, I was hard on shoes. Uh, I played, you know, I played hard. So I changed my shoes, you know, every two or three games. Um, if I, if they felt loose or, or worn down, I was in a new pair of shoes. But um, and I'm sure that, you know, he should look into that. I'm sure Nike is trying to figure out what all happened and better ways to construct their shoes for or a player of his size. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll we'll keep that in mind. We'll see what happens next go-around if he's in the game. But, George, could you give us a prediction for this UNC-Duke game? I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Maybe even throw out a score if you want. I'll say uh, Carolina by eight. Eight. Uh, Carolina by eight. I take 79-71. All right, seventy nine, seventy one. I like it. George, it, do you think Zion is going to play? He hasn't stepped on the court but yet. Uh, I think if he's healthy, he'll play. Uh, unless, unless someone in his camp is telling him not to play. I think he really wants to play. I think uh, he's probably practicing hard right now. Uh, he 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 probably will play their next game, and uh, if he's healthy. I know Zion wants to play. George, you've seen a national championship team. I mean, do either of these teams have what it's what it takes to win a national championship this year? Yes, I think both teams uh, have, have talent. Uh, Carolina have more experience. Uh, I think what happens to some of these younger teams, once it gets closer to Final Four, it gets closer to draft, they're preoccupied with, you know, family members, looking at agents, interviewing, uh, and I think it distracts the younger players from uh, being focused totally on the Final Four. And that's where, you know, older players who were, they know it's their last game, it means a lot more to them. Well, on that note, George, we're going to wrap this up. We'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. So much. George, you provided such great insight. We see you as the quintessential Carolina ball player. And we just want to say thank you, George. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for Episode 7 of Blue Blood TV. 
My name is Hassan Pinto, and we're wrapping it up with Cambria Haro and Natalie Bodie. And next time you hear from us, we'll have had the pleasure of getting the second installment of the UNC Duke game, the Blue Blood Rivalry game, and we can't wait to talk about it. So stay tuned for the next one. March Madness. And we out. It's almost game time. Don't forget to pick up a six-pack or four-pack of the Blue Blood Rivalry Ale. Go to your local supermarket. If they do not have it, go to your manager and ask for it. The official game day beer, the Blue Blood Rivalry Ale, is light, crisp, and refreshing. 